Women's Power to Heal, Mother Earth. This is Maya Tiwari. We live in an era when the shifting ground of our earth scatters us asunder. When broken wings are tumbling in space and everything appears to be in a state of chaos. As the world or the earth transmogrifies into its new radical form, we must consider who our best friend and best friends are. We have been wrong about grief. She's not the fearsome adversary, the unwanted consort, the inexplicable companion of misery. She is, in truth, your best friend who chooses to live in the shadows of your lives, sacrificing the pleasure of the light. Times of random and pervasive chaos calls upon us to take charge of our filial destiny. We assume the role of creator to shape the new world. The new form that Earth is assuming is malleable. It is in fact created by all of us. However we respond to these radical changes determines the degree of light or dark in the new earth being born. During these radical changes, we naturally feel the palpable presence of mother grief. If only we recognize her to be our best friend. Let me explore the nature of grief in a way that we may not have considered her. She is ancient. Grief appears only when we are overwhelmed, when the pileup of unresolved miseries or challenges have become too great to be ferried by the heart. Grief steps forward. She accelerates into, out of the shadow into our lives. Grief shouts as she digs into our bones. She wants to be heard. During times of crises, we need to recognize that the most reachable rescuer is the instinct to take pause, to bid our being to stay present with the chaos, confusion, and muddled mess. How can we do this? Instead of pushing grief back into the shadow where she will not go back in these times, instead of denying grief, instead of ignoring grief, we invite her in. She is your perennial companion. She lives in the shadows and only comes forward when we need her. She comes with the gift of forcing us to take a step back, to slow down, to pause, to give up, trying to fix our lives. 
to take note of our practices to breathe and to be. When we become comfortable in and with her company, we unwittingly begin to go within, to start untangling the tightened knot in the heart, to see that the crunched shoulders and concave chest that fell in did so to support the life force of prana in the heart. In recognizing the tense state within, we can create more inner space through breathing, pausing, acknowledging, allowing grief to flow. Although the length of time and investment of effort differs from person to person, for all of us wading through the process of grief is a slow and methodical one. During this time in our world, in our, on our earth, within our homes, within our family and community, this time of deep psychic digging, we would think that prayers, meditations, deep contemplation, self-nurturance and other learned practice we, that, we have, that we will stay aligned with them that they will be simple to come to our beck and call. Yet ironically, when we are inundated with grief, these are the practices, these are the practices that seem farthest away from reach. It is not that we've forgotten how to dive into wholesome practices and rejuvenate the organism. It is not that these learned practices have forgotten us and that we have lost memory of them. Simply put, the expansive inner space from where all wholesome practices are performed and remembered naturally shrinks when we are in a state of trauma, crisis, or inundated with the pileup we have not taken care of in our memory banks and in the recesses of our inner being. The paradox of healing is that the very measures we have been trained to heal us appear to vanish from our reach when we most desperately need them. This paradox is elusive and must be understood. Once we take the deliberate pause, it's almost like doing nothing. We can feel an ominous sense of reprieve. And when we perfect slowing down to doing nothing, except for the basic necessities that sustain living, then we can become ripe again to delve in and do the necessary work of clearing the inner debris, of lessening unwanted behaviors, of staving away negative relationships and association that have contributed to our misery. In our busy, packed, goal-oriented, packed lives, it is understandable that everyone 
has gathered a pile-up of things known and unknown, which lives within the unconscious. When these things start to take a life form of their own, we begin to feel unfocused, disoriented, lost, somewhat blurred, not quite understanding or able to acknowledge the process that is unfolding. This is when we must take pause and bring awareness, the awareness that grief is budding. Grief is showing herself. And we must allow this time, this juncture, this fractured moment to be guided by Madame Grief. She points to a very different way of processing than what our therapists and spiritual teachers generally tell us to do. She guides you to your guides. She helps you to uncover the past healing practices and discover them in a new way, the way that honors grief to help you unload the unnecessary. Many philosophers, spiritual teachers, therapists advise one to step into their learned healthy practice during times of crises. This approach is adopted by both therapists and well-meaning friends, pushing the aggrieved person to get through it, to get over it, setting a time limitation on grief, or trying to distract them with wholesome or meaningless activities. Having walked in the company of grief for most of my long years, I disagree with this approach. During these times of the abyss, the wisdom we have cultivated through practices such as meditations, prayers, contemplations, journaling, exercise and other salubrious acts, is organically doused by the presence of grief, and that is a natural happening. The deeper the abyss, the more we are asked to re reclaim an expansive space where practice becomes accessible. And we can only reclaim that space through taking pause, breathing, doing the minimal amount of unnecessary things, unloading the mind. These are more the inner works on how we walk with grief and work with grief. Responding to well-meaning directives can only slow one down and it often creates more confusion and guilt, despair, self-judgment, which only adds to the deepening and sense of loss or low self-esteem that naturally occurs while we are bereaved. And there is a reason why it's important for the grieving person to honor this sense of loss or unworthiness or self-blame, self-judgment and other confers in this familiar stream. When we find ourselves unable to pursue or sustain our routine or health-oriented practices, simply bring your awareness to this affirmation. 
I am in overload. Do not allow the well-meaning people in your lives to push you into what they consider a healthy routine for you. This is a time when you must discard unnecessary tasks, simplify your needs, lessen your exposure to the world at large, keep negative relationships at bay, try to get practical help to handle your family routines if you have a family to care for. Take time. This is essential. Time for yourself. A pileup of life's unresolved can only be remedied, remedied when we become aware of our dilemma. The content of life's pileup, hidden in the unconscious, while not the same for everyone, bears remarkable similarity in its nature. However different the circumstances or conditions, pileup harbors the pushing aside of unpleasant things from our past and present, the cardinal things we know so well, hurt, harm, hate, rejection, betrayal, violence, abuse, fear, and what we may perceive as inherent weaknesses within ourselves. These potent forces are the bundles we have pushed into the unconscious. They get knotted inside of us until circumstance, conditions, like when the earth is breaking free or scattering as she does now at the present time, awaken the monster. These are the times when the monster awakens. Once encountered, we can't fight the monster with bravado or courage or willpower or learned behavior. We can't fight her at all. In truth, the, the monster is none other than truths we have refused to acknowledge or face that, are, that have become festered detritus. So let us take pause. Let us step back, let us slow down, let us begin to allow the inner space to widen a tad so that we can remember what, where to start with the pileup. We can only meet our loads with patience and kindness and acceptance of what is, not ever knowing how they will turn out. The courage to go within, to breathe, to allow grief to help us escalate the terrain of the unkempt debris and the festering unresolved we have unwittingly piled up. No one gives conscious permission for debris to gather and usurp our inner spaces of light. And yet, it happens. It happens to each one of us in varying degrees. Your good friend grief retreats when we start to do the deep inner work. She shows up occasionally then to continue to guide or to prod, perhaps, us to continue the inner work.
She shows us our capacity to work with any energy or difficulty that arises. If we listen, if we are current with ourselves, if we stay true to the process of pausing and slowing down. Grief is the vehicle that takes us into the deepest recesses of our inner being. She touches the soul of our presence. She is the beneficent friend who lives in the shadow of our life's experiences. I will continue with this discourse and this shifting of our thoughts and mind and psyche into understanding grief as our best friend and to rid the idea that grief is something to be feared. We have been wrong about grief. Thank you for listening and peace be your journey.